Hey friends, as we dive into this conversation, I just want to give you a heads up. Adrian and I, in the beginning of this conversation, talk about a tragedy that Dan and his family are in the midst of and how you can help. And then we dive into the conversation about core values. So I just wanted you to have, I wanted to give you a heads up as we talk about um, some of the details of that tragedy. Don't want you to be surprised and also let you know that we don't talk about it long and then we really dive into the core values. So thank you so much for listening to this episode. Do you and your team have core values set that you actually believe in and that dictate how you relate to each other and your clients? Hello, my friends. My name is Chad, and this is the Naked Leadership Podcast, high-stakes conversations for relentless company founders. My co-hosts and I have over six decades of combined experience in leadership coaching, and this podcast is where we explore it all. There is no conversation too risky. This week, Adrian and I discuss how core values aren't just something we put on a poster on a wall, but if you want them to actually make a difference in your organization, they must be a shared set of beliefs. We also talk about the process our team went through to discover and set our core values. So hopefully you can learn from the process we used in order to discover what those beliefs were for us. So let's dive in. Adrian, my brother, it's good to be with you. Hey, good to be here too, man. We, um, right at the top, we'll just mention we're coming to this conversation with some heavy hearts. We've been um, living with some devastating news over the last couple of days. Um, and, uh, it's, it's the reason that, uh, Dan is not with us this week on the recording. Will you take just a second and explain what's going on? Yeah. Um, yeah, we're recording this on Friday, January 6th, just 36 hours ago. Got a call from Dan. Um, you know, and it's, uh, it's never easy when your when your best friend calls you and says, I've got some tragic news and, uh, you ended up sharing that. Um, his grandson had been killed in a, uh, in a storm up in Northern California and a tree had fallen on his son's house and had, had crushed his grandson. So just immediately devastated. And the family's been, um, uh, obviously reeling and just devastated. Uh, and, uh, we, we've done all we can in the conversation about how to support them and, as a team have been grieving because we know Ian and, and Danny and Aisha well. And, and as a, as a, as a team together, we just, we know that these moments are crucial for where life really happens in a team. And, uh, you know, you work together, but you really, if you team well, you live together. And, uh, anyway, so we've been broken as a team and are just in a very somber, moment and doing everything we can to support uh, Aisha and Danny and Dan and Eileen um, as, you know, a um, whole new mode here uh, in this moment in time. So wanted wanted to uh, be able to share this with our, with our listeners. I know you all have been uh, blessed by Dan and his commitment to you as listeners and to leaders. And a lot of you are connected to him personally as well. And you've probably heard about this if you've been following social media. Um, so if you, there's any way that you want to support um, Danny and Aisha during this time, 
Um, I think as Chad mentioned, the link will be in the show notes. Um, and any kind of uh, messages of love and support to them, it means a lot. I just got done talking to Dan on the phone right before we started recording this. Um, and he's gotten thousands of messages from people. And which is, you know, it brings, it, it doesn't ease the pain. It just makes it easier to carry. Um, so that's why the absence of Dan and um, as he's there committed to his family and supporting them um, as they navigate these waters. Yeah. Thanks, man. Um, we'll put the GoFundMe link into the show notes. And, and obviously we know, I mean, money... <laughs> whatever it's a show they they lost everything uh danny and and his family lost everything in the accident i mean everything material that they have the tree two trees crushed the house a tree crushed the car um and then obviously the, all of that they're dealing with the loss of their of their baby boy eon um i love i just love i mean eon means forever <laughs> and um Anyway, really just a lot of uh, deep connection together as a team, support, love, hurt, everything. Um, so if you want to help, again, click on that link. If you want to message Dan, please do so. Um, he would love to hear from you how his presence on this podcast has impacted you or in any other venue. And um, we miss him. And we can't wait for him to be with us again. Um, so <laughs> how do you continue a conversation now about core values? Well, you know, what's interesting is I think there's a real um, natural connection to it in some ways. Because, you know, when, when tragedy strikes, where do you lean? When transition hits, you know, where do you go? Um, you know, we've been practicing our core values this week. Um, you know, really as a team, we've been practicing our core values and we, um, and that's been essentially kind of the wall we've been leaning on. You know, it's not like, not like we've fallen over. We've just leaned against something. And for us, we, you know, we're so driven by our relationships and by our commitment to one another that when tragedy hit, we knew where to go, which was to lean, you know, lean towards each other. Um, and people know that, I mean, for all this listening in the corporate world, when we're like talking about core values, we usually talk about them in such a airy fairy way, like just such a altruistic way, poster on the wall, um, you know, things that people memorize, uh, but don't really do anything about. And it's just kind of ideals. I would say most of the conversation around core value are around ideals and life isn't ideal. Um, reality is never ideal or if it's ideal, it's like a vapor. It comes and goes. And so, or it's a you fantasy know, or it's a, or it's a fantasy. It's aspirational right on. It's like a thing where we're the thing we kind of quote unquote want around here, but we all know it's never going to happen because you know, Tom's a dick or whatever. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I think it's a, so it's a natural, I think it's a natural connection in the conversation of, you know, where do you go? I mean, what's the, what's the, I mean, you didn't ask a question yet, but uh, around the topic, but like, you know, what's the purpose of core values? 
you know, what is the purpose? Um, I mean, what do you think, Chad? Well, for me, it's, I mean, the, the thing that I love about our team and, and what I work with a lot of my clients on is you're creating a North star. You truly are creating a North star. If you believe that these things can be operable in reality, like exactly what you're just saying, these aren't idealistic ideas that we put on a poster that looks nice. Like those old, you know, all those old motivational posters that were in your third grade classrooms, like hang in there and the cats hanging on the, on the branch. <laughs> <laughs> What's the one where there's, there's like a crocodile with a mouth open and something's, don't you remember that one? I don't, I don't know. remember that one. <laughs> But this, it's like, and this is, these are some of the topics that I have outlined for us to talk about today is like, what makes a core value something that you want to be accountable to, not something you just talk about. And that's, that's what makes the difference for me. So, um, you know, our core, our team's core values are generous, accountable, bold, connected, and resilient. And that's what we're committed to being with each other in all ups and downs of what it is that we're going through. When we're in the big wins, you know, when we're winning the big contracts, working with our dream clients, all that sort of stuff, we're committed to that. And when we're suffering life, tragic life events together, we're still committed to that, showing up that way. Um, so I think it's, I think this is what we're talking about with you, Adrian, just talking about like when you think of core values, what are they? Yeah. Well, I like, I mean, I like where you started. I mean, I think they, they begin with the idea that I mean, core values are a North star, but they're North star culturally. You know, there's like a, there's a North star strategically, which is OKRs or outcomes and results and what's the vision for the year. And, and people have, you know, what is it? Quantifiable results. Like the, the, the quantifiable results are the North star. People just say they're the North star for the business and they're naive in that statement, you know, so qu qualitatively um, versus quantitatively, but qualitatively, um, the core values are the North star for the business, meaning, which is really where almost, I would say almost entirely the experience of working at a place is found in how people, huh, this is a big statement. Let me see if I can make it simpler. But what I really mean, like people's experience is hundred percent connected to the commitment that all the, the leadership and all the players have to themselves. And that is related to how they relate to the outcomes as well. But it's really the interpersonal commitments, the interpersonal. Um, I'm thinking there's an analogy around the North Star because it's different. Like between me and you, you know, the North Star isn't somewhere else. You're actually the North Star. Like in our relationship, you're my North Star. So uh, how, how am I committed to you on my team? And what am I committed to about this relationship? So like this is the, you know, in that way, core values fill the space between you and every member of your team. Like they represent the most vital conversation between us, like the space between, you know, it's like every relationship is really, 
defined by the conversations between the two human beings, like that thing between us, like what our relationship is and, and the promises that are found therein, the, the communication that's clear. And um, also the other side, like what, what's not spoken, what the frustrations are between us. So whatever the quality of that conversation is, um, ends up being the uh, quality of the relationship itself. So core values are an opportunity to define how we play ball together and what we're committed to with each other. Um, a lot of times people will do it real quick. A lot of times people will craft core values that sound good externally, right? They Like it's they, a marketing they, piece. It is. Yeah. It's like a part of their brand, you know? So like, what's a part of the brand and how do we want to be known in the market? And let's just make core values that look good externally, but they don't have a conversation at all about, you know, what it means to hold those, what it means to live by those, what it means to live in the natural constraint of a commitment. Like if we're actually committed to these things or not, they're, they don't think about that. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think it's worth maybe breaking down the metaphor of a North star just for a second, just because it's such a cliche. It's such a thing that's out there and it's not, you know, when I, you may think of North star as like this bright shining thing in the sky. That's not the metaphor. That's not like the metaphor I'm aiming at, or I'm talking about the metaphor I'm talking about is what, how explorers used the North star, right? Is the North star was what they based their directional decisions on. And if we're truly, if we have a set of core values that we are actually committed to, we actually, they, they become us, our beliefs, then they become the basis in which we can make the decisions with each other. Meaning like for me, generous is on the top of our core value list. And if I'm faced with a decision where I can either uh, be self-serving or, or I don't, I don't quite know. I don't have like an example to set up, but like where I'm choosing between generosity and something else with you or with somebody else on our team, if I actually have like lived or, or, or be, you know, taken the core values as part of myself, they become the North star for my decision. It's no longer a question which one I choose. It's mm-hmm. going to be generous. Yeah. Well, I've got an example because, I mean, I, I see generosity from you consistently. Even in, I mean, in the, the, you have so many projects that you are responsible for. Um, and you are generous in your communication about those. I mean, you could be, you know, a lot, a lot of people do this where it's like, oh, like I've got this thing. And then let me just not state something that isn't going so well. Or let me just you know, give up just a bulleted email about it, but you're really thorough and, you know, committed to making sure that, you know, the appropriate parties in the team know everything about what's happening, you know, what you want to see happen, um, the sacrifices it's going to take, the, the, the misses that happened, you know, like that's, you know, generosity isn't like, I mean, it's, it shows up in generous speaking and generous listening. And, you know, you do that really well. I mean, Yeah. Thank you. I mean, I'm really committed to it, but you're exactly, that's a great example, right? Because in that moment, I would be lying if I didn't say, well, you know, I mean, just even recently, I made a mistake. We, we took some time out of our schedules to record some content. I value your time highly. I didn't put redundancy on the content, the video clips. 
and they they the files were lost. Some of the files were lost. And because I didn't do redundancy, that work that we did together is lost. I would be lying if I didn't have a moment where I thought, if I didn't say that I had a moment where I thought, well, maybe I could just do something where Adrian won't notice. <laughs> <laughs> you know, right. or, or like, and that, that, that is an option. Um, and, but the, but my, I'm so focused and committed to what we've decided is the space between us that that's that when, once I get reconnected, that's not an option. It's not a decision. And that's what I wanted to, this is really what I wanted to drive home in the beginning of this conversation was that these are more than just core values. And you have, um, can you talk about like the difference? I've heard you talk a little bit about the difference between values and beliefs, or maybe not the difference, but like what, what distinction do you make between values and beliefs? Well, I think it was Drucker that said, you know, culture eats strategy for breakfast. Um, and you know, if you guys don't know Peter Drucker, check him out. He was like the father of uh, organizational development, essentially number one, like early, early, like management guru guy. So for him to say culture, each strategy for breakfast is, um, in the face of most MBA programs out there. Um, number one, um, and what generates culture, um, is what I think about why I bring that up is what generates culture. I mean, a lot of people would talk about values, um, and I say, you know, believe seed value for breakfast. And, and that, and that, and, um, and by that, I mean, we can state our values, but what we believe about our values is everything. So that's why, I mean, values are great, but values are usually what happens when the sun's shining, right? It's what happens when things are going the way we want them to go, or people are acting the way we want them to act, or the market is shifting the way we want it to shift. And when we've got smooth sailing, um, that's when our values are like at play. And uh, which is a unique set of beliefs about values. And we might even even if I say that we might say, Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, well, and I don't know, I would just take a look because the container that holds the values are always going to be the, the beliefs we have about ourselves, about someone else, about the world. Like that's, we put values in a container and they, they, they are what I believe, what I think and my own core commitments. That's, those are my beliefs. So um, that's the distinction. And so how people orient themselves to the values um, is, is good to see. And we break our values all the time you know, um, or like, or things, or we're at least we're tempted to. And, you know, that's, that's why it's good to, it's people like to settle for what they've decided upon from core values and then really under investigate if they're really committed to them or not, or, or having a real honest, when are we committed to this? And when are we not committed to this? Like, when are we actually, you know, authentically moving forward? Or when are we, you know, creating an asterisk next to it and say, well, I'll do, I'll be generous in, until fill in the blank or, you know, I'll be accountable or until fill in the blank or I'll be bold until fill in the blank or just not with this person. Um, so that's all where the beliefs are. So really what navigates us as human beings is this um, usually under examined um, uh, filter by which 
we make our decisions, which isn't our values, uh, is our, always our beliefs. So that's what we're always starting with. Yeah, that's that's at the core. That's at the foundation, right? If if this is something that's going to be your north star, it's gonna it's gonna make your decisions for your or dictate your actions. And our we act from our beliefs, not from the things that we value. And I think the things that we value can influence our beliefs. But if it's not here, like in our bones, like I keep push like this is audio for most people, but I keep like in my chest. If it's not here. Uh, then it's not going to dictate my choices, especially when shit's hard or I feel threatened or I feel a possibility of loss or, you know, all of that, that then the beliefs are going to kick in. Yeah. Well, I think at the end of the day, you know, all of our, I mean, when you put five people in the room and create a list of core values, um, you know, you're essentially laying out a set of commitments, set of group commitments. Um, and why must they, I mean, if, if they aren't commitments, you know, then maybe what are you lucky or if it's like just natural for all the people to do, um, all these things, otherwise there are a set of commitments that we're going to naturally put some, they're going to generate like constraint, you know, like these, this is, this is how we're going to operate. Um, most people wouldn't say it this way. We would, this is how we're going to operate no matter what. This is what to expect of ourselves. Um, and so it's a, you know, there's discipline involved in living up to your word. Um, and that's the, I think the invitation of having really some core values, um, which maybe, I mean, what comes to mind too, is like they're, they're core. Like what are the non-negotiable values? There's lots of values. There's, you've got, got non-core values out there, I'm sure. But what are the core is like, oh, these are the non-negotiables for us. Um, and they naturally generate, they, they naturally require some discipline, um, whenever things aren't going the way you want them to go. The only constant in an organization like yours is change. I want to take just a second to tell you about the change imperative, an ebook written by our very own Dan Takini. Let me ask you, how do you personally relate to change in your business? Does it feel like a threat at times? Does it ever feel like you can't keep up with it or it never happens fast enough? Are there certain players on your team that resist change and keep your company stuck? Growth, change, and transition, these intersections often come with confusion, frustration, and resistance. You can flip those experiences into clarity, confidence, and alignment with the Change Imperative eBook. The Change Imperative is instructions for innovating with your team. Go ahead and click on the link in the show notes to get your free copy of the change imperative now and feel confident about creating the change in your company necessary to take it to the next level. So let's talk about this for just a second. As you, you mentioned when you get five people in a room and you decide what your core values are, we did this recently. I mean, last year we did this as a team. Um, you know, our, our first time really as a, as a team together, really anchoring into some of these very foundational ideas of who are we committed to being with each other because we were prepping to expand the team. And we knew that these elements must be in place in order for us to not only invite other people into those core values, but also use them to decide who we are going to allow into the family, into the team. 
And there's one thing I wanted to, this is kind of where I wanted to end the conversation is it's, it's going to sound like a how to conversation, but I just want to like talk about our experience in creating the core values and hopefully somebody listening who needs this information, who wants to do this with their team can glean some of that. It was a beautiful process for me. I, I came, I came away from that process with all of you feeling so much more connected to you. And, and because I was aware of what was expected of me and what I could expect from you. Um, so talk about, you led that conversation of core values with our team um, last year. When you were prepping for that conversation, what what is it that you were, ha- like, it took us a little while. I mean, there were, there were a lot of options on the table. <laughs> lot of conversation around them. And I I would love to just hear from you the approach that you had that allowed us to have such an open conversation about it, but then also have such concise uh, agreement on what they were when we found them. Yeah. Well, um, good question. I'm hearkening back to where that, what, what was happening at the table was we're walking through that, you know, so we've got you know, I don't know how many people were on the table, five or six people were on the table. And yeah, five of us there. And lots of very different, all very different people, right? Like, so, um, and a lot of different opinions about who we were, who we are as a firm, and who we ought to be as a firm, and who we ought to serve as a firm, and what that means, and the future that's connected to all that. And so, the first thing to do is to first honor the diversity at the room, the diversity in the room, honor the distinction that, you know, it's not like um, what people can naturally do is to kind of uh, want to set constraints and make everybody walk through, you know, these constraints and act like that the constraints are accurate or they, the constraints are even necessary. Um, instead, or I useful. really want it, or useful. That's right. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah, that's right. Oh, useful. And like the, I mean, they are, they're, they're useful in the, uh, if we wanted to run a cult constraints are great, you know? Um, but if you want to like have really alive people, you better honor the distinctions in the room versus only allow similarities. So I wanted to get the distinctions in the room because there were plenty. Um, and, so let's start a conversation about what people's core values are as human beings and get them talking about as an individual, what are mine? I mean, and, and I don't know if you've asked yourself, you're listening to this, if you asked yourself that question recently, like, what are my core values? Like, do I have core values? I mean, maybe they have, they're happening. They might be under the surface for me. Um, they might be, you know, very conscious for me, but like, what are my, what matter, what does matter most to me? And if you do that around, you know, five people, that's a long list. I mean, we, you know, generated maybe like a hundred as we're doing it. And I wanted to hear, it's good to get those on the table. um, So, and get people talking because if you, um, because in every, in any group, there's a natural hierarchy, Um, you know, uh, in business, it might be, you know, equity partners or CEO and it works its way down or whatever, even just personality wise, maybe the, the talkative one or the gregarious one or the opinionated one or whatever, they go first. And if you want to honor the space, make sure everyone 
invite everyone to really think and then share and then hold back the oversharers to give space for those that might have practiced waiting and, and affirming instead of having their own opinion. So that was a big thing is to get, because um, inside that conversation also revealed some of the tensions for us in our business. Like I'll just speak specifically, like there's, there's nat some natural tensions between me and Dan, for example, and our approach and, and where he comes from and where I come from and what he naturally wants and what I naturally want. There's some distinction there that, you know, if not talked about, it creates a little bit of tension. Um, and it's good to talk about it um, because he's got opinions about, you know, where he's come from and where he want, wants to go. And I've got opinions about where I've come from and where I want to go. And it's good to, anyway, all that presence is, presence is up in like what matters to us. So that was the first thing to answer your question. That was the first thing is I wanted people to get really honest with themselves and then with us, um, with like what they think their core values are, what matters most to them. Um, and it might be, uh, I, I see it, different tenses happening here. So there's like a, there's, I could look back and see what's mattered most to me. There's a moment I'm in now about what matters most to me now. And then there's an, there is a future oriented set of values. Like, what do I want to matter most to me if I, so anyway, thinking through that and honestly about our, you know, the different selves that are at the table, like there's Adrian who Adrian was and where I'm going and where I am now and all that. So yeah, there's, there's vision in our core values, right? Right on. Or, right on. Or, yeah. Right on. So anyway, that's, that, that's, that's where the conversation began and we talked through it's, it's really hard um, to start to say no to some really good ideas. Yeah. Yeah. You it know? is. It yeah. really is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we, we, I mean, we, we had to say no to some really good ideas, not had to, we chose to. Um, and then we also, the other part of this is that the, it was astonishing how much overlap there was, right? And that was the great, that was a great starting place. It's like, well, all five of us put some version of this value on there, this belief that that's got to be one, or at least that's on the short list. Right. And, and that was a really, um, you talked about diversity. I just wanted to mention this really quick D diversity of character, diversity of backgrounds, history, um, desires, all of that sort of stuff. And I think for lack of a better term, I call this like, I think of it as like culture drift, which is like when somebody, starts a business, when you founders start your business and you bring on your first employee or you bring on a partner, there's often uh, a lot of similarities in personality. And then it, it's really interesting because this is interesting when we do the Harrison assessment and the Harrison's not a personality assessment, but it can reveal uh, parts of people that uh, it, it is their preferences, right? So it's just so interesting to do a Harrison culture map on a team of seven, eight, nine, and see them all clump together in their preferences. And that just happens naturally because you start, if you don't have this foundation of core values, you could 
be looking for people who are like you or that you like or that you want to be around. Not saying you should you, you should want to be around them, but you know what I mean? That's the deciding factor. Rather than if you have this set of core values, the diversity is no problem because the only thing that's required is that they're committed to these core values. And then they can, it doesn't matter where they're, you know what I mean? Like this is, this can be that, again, that North Star of like, as I'm bringing people on, I don't have to sit here and gauge, well, do I like them? Do they make me laugh? Are they funny? Are they blah, 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 blah. It's like, do, are they committed to what we say we're committed here to here? Yeah. Um, yes. So anyway, so well, it's, well, there, there's a distinction here that I heard somebody talk about 20 years ago around team building. And one of the distinctions in that conversation was this between character and chemistry. And, you know, I think it's natural. It's natural for people to hire and build a team based on chemistry um, because it's just natural. Like I like, hang, do I like this person? Do I want to hang out with them? Um, you know, there's always competency as well. Competency usually first ish and then, and then chemistry. And that's maybe, maybe that's where the conversation ends. Um, rarely are they in an overt conversation around character and what is character? Character isn't a moral conversation. Most people talk about character. They think it's a moral conversation. Are they a good person or not? Or quote unquote, do they have character? No, everyone has character. Character actually means the mark you leave behind. Etymologically, that's what the word is from. So it comes out of the Japanese tradition. So um, your mark you leave behind is your character. So what is their character? What is the um, effect of them? And that is that is 100% connected to their values and what they choose to guide their behavior and to guide their thinking and guide their feeling and guide their everything. So I think to your point, you know, it's, it's natural to recruit around affinity and, and um, to operate via affinity. And the core values conversation is like, what are, what is going to guide us even beyond our romantic sensation about our, uh, familiarity and the friendliness because, you know, people can be friends, friends, or, you know, we work with lots of teams that like have, have worked together for a long time and they think that's a good thing. <laughs> it comes out and they, they'll use the word loyalty. Um, right. Oh, we, you know, we know each other. We're like family around here. Well, what an interesting hiding space for you because you're not willing to be that honest with your family. And what you call loyalty is actually like, oh, a padded version of betrayal. Like it's like, you know, like there's lots of things you guys aren't saying to each other and you're saying it's because you're family. No, um, it's cowardice. So my, my point being in, in, in all that is that um, as we choose these things that are going to really help us reveal, you know, uh, reveal what's happening and then direct the future. I loved your analogy, uh, how you orient, you know, to the North star, like as they choose core values, these are our own rules of engagement. Like I'm accountable to them. I'm accountable. I'm accountable to these commitments. Um, and through that, our relationship is going to show up. And through that, our decision tree is going to show up and how we treat our employees and how we treat our customers and all that. It's going to show up in this. This is the filter by which we ask ourselves how well we're doing. 
and it is you know it's it's our own it's our own pop quiz every day it's our own like matrix by which we're going to decide if we're actually successful or not um by the impact we're leaving so really um you know really essential conversation that most people skip over like don't do it if they do it they do it in like a a fantasy type way and an altruistic type way and then don't ask themselves any kind of important questions underneath it um, but it can be it can it can if you want to be an effective leader having this conversation well will save you so much time you know? time energy money yeah well to your point i'm glad you brought it up is like we wanted to get these in place as we're as we were scaling our team because we knew the business was taking off and we're going to need to bring in more and more highly qualified smart you know ambitious people on our team but we didn't want to bring them in under a lie and if you aren't defined um then you're lying so you know because then it's just you're going to act like you like them but you haven't told them actually what it means to play ball here. And so they're going to feel betrayed later. Um, and it saves time and energy. And since then, like a lot, we've been able to say no quickly to a lot of people that have approached us to want to be part of the team. That's just not a good fit, like not a, not a problem, but from a core values perspective, we're just not aligned and no big deal. It's not like there was once again, now this is like a moral conversation. It's just like, this is what we, this is how we roll. And we are unapologetic about this. And this is how you roll. And you please go be unapologetic about how you roll. And it's just this, these just won't fit. They're probably, they're never going to fit as long as these are our um, commitments here. So it just saves time and it respects and honors um, the process for people too. So very essential conversation. Right on. So the flow of our conversation is we talked about our personal core values. We took time to think about those right on them. We got them all put together. We noticed overlap, starred those ones. Um, and then it was a process of conversation, uh, really working to understand what we meant by each of these ideas, right? What is it that we mean by generosity? What is it that we mean by accountability, bold, connected, and resilient, and on and on the other ones that didn't make the final list of commitments. Um, and ultimately, you know, coming to the place where there wasn't a person around the table that every single one of us was like, yes, that's it. That That is the list that we can live by. Now, I would say Possibly, we had an advantage being a small team at the time and all fairly already pretty committed to each other in a meaningful way. If there's somebody listening and maybe they've, maybe they already, you know, maybe they're operating with a, a leadership team of a, 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 an executive team of eight to nine people, you know, and a, and a, and a company of, 500, 600, and they haven't had this conversation yet. And it's not clear. The It seems more complex. What what would you tell them? How would you help them start to think about implementing this conversation in their, with their team? Who's involved in that conversation? How do you come to it? Yeah. Well, you know, le leadership leaks. And by that, I mean, I don't know, there's a lot of 
catchphrases or cliches out there where it's like, you know, leadership is caught, not taught, that type of thing. Uh, my point is that um, no matter what, no matter how big the company is, no matter what size and scale they are now, no matter how long they've been around, um, there is a culture in place. There are a set of core values in place already. Um, and all you got to do is look around and ask a, ask a bunch of questions and find out what it is. Um, that's not hard to find out. And, you know, so, but it's always going to come back to the top. So what is this? So if I was running a company of 600 people and I had 10 senior leaders, um, I would not start with 600 people. I'd start with 10 and ask ourselves a whole bunch of questions, which people don't want to do. You know, there's not time for this kind of thing. It's there's, a, there's already, if you've been working together for three years, there's plenty of conversations we don't want to have plenty of, you know, behaviors or patterns on the team that we're going to spend a lot of time avoiding those conversations. So, um, you know, but if all that to say, there's like, it's a noisy room, but if you sit down and talk about what, you know, as a leadership team, what are we committed to as a team together? Um, that question is a, uh, could naturally be a three day conversation. So, you know, I wouldn't spend three days talking about it. Um, from the jump, I would at least just start people thinking about it. If you're the top leader and you're listening to this, I'd be thinking about it for yourself and just pose the question, Hey, I want to start a conversation with us about what our core values are as a team. And I want to start with you as individuals and have people start thinking about it for themselves. And who are we and who are we to each other and just posing some of those open questions and have people start thinking and get them as to stand there as individuals. The most dangerous thing to do is to have this group think conversation where one person speaking for the many, um, cause that's really, uh, if you are insistent upon that as a leader, people are going to go into hiding and they are going to double down, um, on what they don't feel like they have permission to say, but you want to invite people to be ruggedly individualistic to begin with. So that's where I'd start and then get together in a room and create a really open space for people to share all those things and be okay with the tension that's going to come from it because people, especially if you've been working together for a while, people are going to be in all different sides of the room. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty simple. I mean, just as to reiterate, to me, it's a pretty simple starting place to just ask your core leadership team um, what their core values are, their personal, get them thinking about that. Yeah, that can happen, you know, on their own. And and it doesn't need to be a big thing. And just say, hey, think about your core values, send them to me by this date. And then you as a leader, as a, as the orchestrator start to notice where there is overlap. And then that can open a conversation. And it, it doesn't, I don't think it needs to be this overwhelming conversation, this overwhelming feeling, uh, no matter what stage you're at. And I love, I just want to reiterate again, um, repeat what you said, echo it, is that there's already core values dictating the, the, the culture. You didn't, you didn't esca escape that. They just happened um, unintentionally <laughs> or intentionally just unspoken. <laughs> So just think about that. It's like, it's not the implementation of core values. It's possibly a redefinition um, and making them, making the unspoken spoken. Yep. 
I mean, if you want, if you're listening to this and want to do something really crazy, uh, you know, if you've got a bigger team, if you've got a, like a bigger organization, it'd be great to send out a survey to your people asking them what they think the core values of the leadership team are. <laughs> you want to do something crazy? Ask that question. Cause they're, and they might, or might, if they don't tell you, by the way, they've revealed. Like why if, the fuck would I do that, Adrian? <laughs> why would I do that? I don't want to get fired. Yeah. And then you, you know, your core values are revealed. These yeah. guys are control freaks. Yeah. And if you suspect they're not being honest in their answers, then some of your core values are revealed. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Thank you so much. This is a wonderful conversation. Love this process with our team. And I don't want to leave this conversation without saying, I love how much we reference our core values. Yes. And I was just going to say, yeah, me, me too. I mean, partially because of the industry we're in, probably, I don't know that it's going to be that that's the case, but part of it, because the industry we're in, the, our core values also define what customers we choose, what clients we choose, right? Because if I'm, if I'm listening to somebody and they're not generous and are accountable or bold or connected or resilient, or they don't want to be, then I don't, because I know leadership leaks, that's going to come out of me. All these things are going to come out of me um, when I'm in a conversation with them or when we're in a room with a senior leadership team. Like our generosity and accountability and boldness and you know connectedness and resiliency. And if, if they're committed way opposite of that, they're not a great, we're not a great service provider for them because we're unapologetic about where we come from. They're going to be, they're not going to be a great client for us because we're going to be trying to talk them into something they have no interest in, you know, I mean, if, even if I just pick the word bold, you know, almost always the solution to the challenge in the organization we serve is for them to have frank conversations and the length of time that they keep holding on to the death that is their niceness you know, or like their, their politeness that they're using to kind of avoid the issues. The longer they hold on to that, sometimes we just let clients go. I did that last year where it's like, you don't want to get real. So we ought to be done, you know, and that's been really helpful. And I don't miss that client that I'm thinking of at all, at all. Cause it's just, it wasn't going to be a good fit. It was never going to be a good fit. And I keep trying to talk them into, you know, having a bold conversation with their people. They don't want to do that. Great. Cut us loose. Save some money. I'm going to cut you loose and save some stress. It's great. Yep. Yeah, man. Thanks for that. Great place to end. All right. Love you, man. Bye-bye, everybody. Well, my friends, thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the Naked Leadership Podcast. As a heads up, every Friday we post a Cliff Notes version of that week's conversation with all the highlights in under five minutes. Check that out for a quick and powerful reminder of the principles discussed. I hope this conversation has been valuable to you. If it has, the greatest compliment you could pay us is sharing it with somebody who could use it. Thanks so much for listening and until next week, bye-bye everybody.